It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Lincoln Shrike. Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and on our website, flowtrack.org slash flowtrackpodcast. Still no son of video today, Lincoln, so we cannot see the beautiful artwork behind you. Yeah. Have we told the people why there's no video? Have we have we given the explanation that a, a small bike race in Europe is is causing all this all these issues for us? <laughs> we have not gotten into it, other than we will get video back at some yes. point, we've been told. There will be video at some point. Luckily for the folks, they did not have video yesterday because Gordon was let's just say he was ensconced in his bed while he was recording. <laughs> uh, I guess that was two days yeah. ago with, with me. I don't know. How was he with you? He was clothed. The first time we we did it uh, without video last week, I want to say uh, he did not have a shirt on. So I I had a I had a no. I mean, I'm not trying to make fun of him, but I mean, I I just have better things to look at than him without a shirt. Uh, so I kept a browser tab uh, over his uh, his Google Hangout uh, window just to you know look at any anything else really. Yeah, yeah, I did the exact same yeah. thing. Once I was like, "All right, I know, I know he's there. I know he's on the other end of the line." <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can do this podcast now. Yeah, yep. I don't blame we, you. You didn't get to talk about. You guys didn't uh, talk about the Caster Semenya decision mm-hmm. yesterday, and I, Gordon and I didn't talk about it the day before that. I'm not actually even sure when it when the news came out, but I wanted to touch on that. Yeah. Today at the top, the a Swiss court. Uh, did not rule in her favor. So this looks like it is the end of the appeals process for Semenya. Although apparently she could go and appeal to an even higher court in Europe, although they have discouraged her from taking it um, a step farther there. So it looks like, you know, the CAS decision, which followed the World Athletics ruling, is going to be in place for the foreseeable future. In the short term, obviously, that would mean the Tokyo Olympics. So athletes who are DSD like Semenya would not be able to compete from events to the 400 of the mile without lowering 
they're naturally producing testosterone. Um, I, I get, were you surprised or do you continue to be surprised that all these courts are upholding the, the regulations in this case, Lincoln? I'm not surprised, but it, it and I, I can't get into the, the legal weeds cause I just don't have that knowledge, but it, just on a human rights standpoint, it is surprising that this continues to hold up that, you know, that a sporting body can prevent an athlete with the the, the way they are naturally constructed from, from competing. Um, and that holds up in, in a, in a courtroom, I guess you could say. Um, but I'm not not surprised that this is the 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 ultimate outcome. Um, it, you know, obviously, it would have been massively surprising if it would have been reversed. And um, I don't know. World Athletics fought for a long time to have this come come out the way it did. And uh, even though I don't think their argument was sufficient, um, they they got the outcome that they wanted from the, the Swiss court. Um, I can't speak to their, their exact rationale other than, uh, you know, unfairness for, for the other, for the other athletes. But yeah, this to me, I mean, puts a nail in the, in the Castor Semenya era for, for good. You said she could appeal again, but uh, I, I don't see that going flipping. I, I don't think there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for her. I think this is probably over and she's done competing uh, in, in the 800. I think she should keep appealing because mm-hmm. I, I, I think this is ultimately this is going to turn into a public relations issue. And the more she keeps it in the headlines, the more she has people talking about it, mm-hmm. the better uh, her case can go. And the other side of that is I, I guess it costs money to have lawyers, although I don't know if these lawyers are doing it pro bono. But what does she really have to lose? I get that this court doesn't want it getting appealed because they don't want their decision being overturned. Right. But as it stands right now, they're blocking her from – every event where she could realistically medal. Mm-hmm. These are her best chances. Now, we talked before in the beginning of the year about how she was running some 200s, but she was still a bit mm-hmm. off from hitting the qualifying mark in the 200. So there's an outside chance she could make the Olympics, but this is her chance to actually get gold, to win, and prove she's one of the best athletes in the world. So I, I don't see any downside, I guess, other than other than money to to keep it going, to keep it in the headlines and to keep pushing forward and saying, no, this is this is a wrong and I'm gonna I'm gonna get everybody on the record for for opposing this this position. What do you I mean, I guess if it is unsuccessful ultimately, or if she decides not to pursue it any further do you think she'll keep giving it a go in the in the two hundred, or maybe at a distance longer than the than the mile, which that would go all the way up to either steeple or or five k, which seems tough. Do you yeah. think that's where she will go, or do you think she's just going to say, "No, this is this is it. Well, Let me run my event." I mean, she's said the soccer thing's not going to be a an actual pursuit for her, and given that she's competed in the in the two hundred, um, I could see her absolutely trying to still be a track and field athlete and, and try other, other distances to she's her, you know, her propensity for fighting this in the courtroom shows me that she has the willingness to fight it on the track too. And even if she can't fight it by running the 800, 
she'll she's not just going to go away quietly, which I have to applaud her for. So I, I, I think she'll still be out there, whether it's in the two or if it's in the, the 5K or the steeple events that clearly don't match her skill set to the highest level. But yeah, I don't think Caster Semenya is going away because of this and i i have to i have to applaud her for that um as much as world athletics wants her to go away and wants dsd athletes to go away and they've gotten the outcome that they want uh, i i don't want to be the one to say that she absolutely can't medal in in a different distance i mean the women's 200 is not particularly strong if the way it was last year. Now that it'll be different going forward, if if um, Miller Weibo can compete and other athletes that were they, you know that couldn't make it there uh, last year based on scheduling or, or injury or whatnot. But uh, even if that doesn't look possible right now, I, I think Semenya is going to continue to work towards it, just like the way she's she's fought for herself in in. Uh, in the courtroom so i this is not the end of caster semenya track athlete in my mind i think expecting her to medal is too much to it ask is in the yeah. 200 it is yeah that's just i mean i i again you don't want to be like it's impossible but it's a fight for her just to get the olympic standard and as i said before that would be the accomplishment if she could get to the olympics in this event i think that would be just insane someone could be a world-class 1500 meter runner and then make the Olympics in the 200, you'd have to really stretch to find uh, a parallel Oh gosh! in any other, in any other event, uh, men, women, doesn't matter what it is, field track. Like that would be, that would be completely ridiculous, but you know, she's running 23 mids, which is a really good time for someone whose best event is the 800. So I, I mean, if she, even if she knocks off a second, she's still, she's still well off what you would need for for a medal so i don't think a medal is realistic i don't think a medal is going to happen that said this olympics for her is not about that if she's not allowed to run the 800 this olympics is just about getting to the olympics and i and you, you hate to say because well, no one no one wants to say well i just want i'm just going to be happy to be there but i think she would be happy to be there i think the statement that it would make would be incredibly powerful and as we said before i think immediately after these DSD regulations would change and they would include then the 200. Cause I, yeah. I think this process yeah. from the get go has been, you look at some of the quotes from the IAAF at the time scientists and it just seemed very arbitrary. I mean, this, this seemed like it was reverse engineered, figure out a way to get Castor Semenya yeah, of out of this event to get her to stop winning from, from the get, very, very, very beginning, which is not a good way to set up rules in any governing, in any sport or any governing body. And I, I guess I didn't understand. Was it just, I don't know, foolishness or, you know, they just didn't think it was possible. I mean, why didn't they just give themselves a buffer if they really wanted to keep her out permanent? I mean, why not just do 200 up to 10K or 100? I mean, why not just do all the running events? I mean, why did they, it's like they, I don't know. I mean, if they really wanted to keep her out, they could have eliminated her already now that she's, I mean, I'm glad they haven't, but, um, yeah, now we're going to get to see. I mean, if it's already been, it's been blatantly obvious what they were doing 400 to 1500, 400 to mile, but but yeah, she she suddenly runs 23 mid and all of a sudden we're going to I would imagine see world athletics trying to amend and I don't know if that's going to hold up in a in a courtroom or whatever. I I have no idea, but uh yeah, this has always been about keeping Caster Semenya out and it's been it's been successful, but they haven't quite 
I don't know, rid themselves of her entirely, even if as they continue to rack up wins as 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 far as rulings go. Yeah, maybe they won't care if she's running 22 mid versus if she's running 21 high because they'll say, okay, you can be in the meet as long as you're not going to be a factor yeah. in the medals. I mean, this is similar to when you're dealing with athletes like Oscar Pistorius running on prosthesis. Oh, okay, be in the meet, that's fine. But then the moment you get to be a medal contender, then things get precarious. We saw that last year. Remember at the – was that last year? I can't remember. It was last year. <laughs> In Des Moines with Blake Leeper, yeah. the U.S. 400-meter runner, he had gone through appeals and, and appeal and appeal and appeal to be eligible to compete. Now, he was not allowed. You know, th- those rules were were changed. I know you did some reporting on that, so you'd be able to tell us more specifically <laughs> what the rules were. It's so long ago. I don't it, – it, it's, so, it's so hard to remember every minor detail of this, but he was not going to be allowed to compete. All, didn't all of his results say DQ? Yeah. On his Ward Athletics page, yeah. he could compete at the U.S. championships, but even if he finished in the top three or even if he made the relay pool, he was not going to be able to go uh, to to Doha. Correct. Yeah. Um, that obviously that that feels like a tremendously. I mean, it is a tremendously different situation than than Semenya. Uh, you can argue who has the who has an advantage relative to each other, but yeah, you know, I yeah. the the only reason I bring it up is just because it's it's a difference of allowing someone yeah. to compete up to a point, and then it's oh now they're now they're gonna make finals, or now they're going to uh, potentially get medals, and then and then the rule kind of shifts and changes and, and gets more more harsh yeah it's just been such a weird decade over over a decade in the women's 800 i mean i last year was all about asking Ajay wilson and the other 800 meter runners what's it like not having caster semenya and you wonder if those questions go away at this point i mean now that it's going to be have been two years it feels like they will but uh no, you know, my, my, my takeaway is always, and I know you're going to have different answers in public than you have in private, but my takeaway is, you know, the seemingly the 800 meter women, the women she's competing against don't, uh, don't have a, most of them don't have a definitive answer either. It's not like, oh, I'm so glad she's not competing. And maybe they're saying that, like I said, in, in private, but a lot of them are saying, you know, man, this is, this is really complicated and you know mm-hmm. i understand that maybe she has an advantage but also you know i know caster i know she's a good person i remember brenda martinez saying that and that that's always the thought that comes to to my mind is you know she i i know this is a tired point but she's a person and i think people absolutely forget that i think world athletics has forgotten that um even if you think their decision is right, I think you, they could have gone about it a different way, obviously, by publicly, you know, I mean, completely humiliating her by the the way the way they did back in whatever that was, 2009, by, you know, making the the results, testing her uh, the way they did and, and that manner. Um, they should be ashamed by, by that whole thing. And even if they got the outcome they wanted, uh I think Semenya comes out looking better. Not only does she have this resilience to keep fighting and keep competing, but I think history will will jot this down as as a complete human rights violation. And uh, and and um, I, I just continue to applaud Semenya for for never backing down. Mm-hmm. And you're right about the state of the 800. That question was asked a bunch, but. 
by the time we got to Doha, I don't remember it being brought up. Definitely not. It wasn't the center. I mean, at, uh, at the final, when it, when Wilson was upset, that was kind of the story. It, it kind of stopped being the, the center of the of the focus of the 800. And, and now, especially going forward, you know, this year we had a, a, not, a, a non-season, essentially. It, it feels like it's, it's going to be... It won't be the the focus at all, but it will be the first Olympics without Caster Semenya. So maybe that will be a, a little bit different, particularly if she's running the two hundred or the five k. Right? Uh, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll you know if she's at the same meet but not competing in her preferred distance, maybe that will be a renewed focus because she wasn't in Doha. So uh, a little bit di- different of a situation there. We'll see. She, you know, she wants to run track and field, and who am I to say she can't? She can't do it. Uh, she's only had a little bit of practice in the two hundred, and maybe with some more specific workouts she can she can break 23 seconds you can get into the 22s we'll we'll, we'll see mm-hmm. yeah and she's not the only athlete that's mm-hmm. in this yeah, position and and there are people who have come forward and said that they have similar condition and there's people who haven't come forward right. and and said they, they have the this condition so you really don't know how this is going to impact the sport both in the immediate future but in the decades to come if this policy stays in place. Um, I'm inclined to believe that it's going to shift just as it shifted several times just over the arc of Semenya's career. I think it might shift again. Now, I think they seem resolute in these in, in this era, so – from now until when is this next run of championships over 2025 maybe it stays mm-hmm. the same and then it gets revisited again maybe in the latter stages of Semenya's career or the beginning of somebody else's career so in what uh, manner do the you next, think it will the next star it, yeah what manner do you think it's going to shift a court uh, like a a court it'll get challenged yeah it'll get it, it'll get challenged again i mean look at the look at how much this has gone back and forth throughout the time that her career has started. It was, you know, um, and dif- different athletes are going to respond to this, you know, different ways because she's saying, I'm not going to take the drugs. Yeah. I'm not going to take the drugs to. Well, cause they're dangerous. <laughs> I mean, they can be dangerous, right? I just, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take these, you know, put, put this in my body to compete in my natural state. But you look at the duty chant case and then, and Semenya, I just, I'm not convinced that in, 20 years, 10 years, five years, even that the policy is going to be exactly the same. Mm. I think in the short term, they seem to have buttoned up this argument pretty well, what athletics that is, but that doesn't mean that it can't be challenged by, by somebody else from a different perspective. And you get different people on these, these courts and they are, they are subject to public pressure just like everybody else. And if the tide, the tide turns on this, obviously it's not getting, insane amounts of attention yeah. within the sporting world but but perhaps that will that will change yeah i mean it's tough to know right because it doesn't get the same amount of attention as maybe another sport but it's tough to know what the actual overwhelming public opinion is both in the track world and maybe a little bit outside of it outside of it it feels like you get more of the support for Semenya, but in inside the the track community it feels like the majority of people are in support of world athletics uh decision or world athletics stance and and you know but Semenya's 
rights, I guess, be damned. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely an interesting one that doesn't, uh, you, you know, you feel like maybe if there's a, if there's a major case in another sport, like a higher profile sport, that maybe that could shift the, the, the public narrative. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong, but it's, it's, it, 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 it feels like it needs, like you're right. It needs to get that higher, higher level of scrutiny from uh, other people. Maybe, uh, I don't know other other populations of of which there could be more of a conversation about the way she is being treated and whether the the world athletics has the right to take away her career. Uh, Yeah, you're right. There, there, there does seem to be a path where that I I don't see this getting reversed anytime soon by a court, but there, there's definitely more conversations to be had around this that could, maybe change some people's mind not world athletics but who knows i think you brought up a good point there though which is that a, a higher profile case could shed more light on it and then that could have yeah. implications for other athletes just i mean semenya higher profile athlete than duty chand but and and obviously that that had an had an impact didn't go the way uh, Semenya would have liked, but imagine someone even bigger than Semenya maybe in a different sport. Mm. It's worth it's worth it's worth considering. Yeah. I just don't I just don't think any of this stuff is is permanent and there seems to be no shortages of courts that you could take cases to because we've been doing this for a while and then there's like the court of the court of the court and then there's the court above that and then the it just goes on and on and on. Right. So if you if you find somebody um that is open or a small group of people on these courts that are open to this argument, then you could see a, see a change. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about cross country? Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. The bit of news you, you dropped yesterday. <laughs> well, speaking of things that go back and forth and back and right. forth, cross country is on ish right now. I'll say if you were keeping tabs on the percent chance that NCAA cross country championships are going to take place before the 2021 school year ends, mm-hmm. the odds went up yesterday. The odds went yeah, up. Yeah, but yesterday. how much? How, by how much? Like 20%, uh, 10%? Can you quantify it? Well, yeah. What we were hearing before was that it was DOA initially. Literally that, a day after we, I, I wrote an article, you guys helped me with that, the, you know. The, the first wave of the, the big headline, cross-country in the winter, and then a day later, it was kind of like, yeah, not so much, boss. And then there there was a lifeline yesterday. Yeah, so what I'm hearing talking to people is that the – you're right, obviously, in that, in that initial report that passed the, the executive committee, the cross-country and track committee, overwhelmingly, and then it went on to the competition committee. But, again, there was a lot of pushback from – coaches mm-hmm. um that that look like it that probably dropped it maybe down to 10 percent if we were going to keep uh quantifying this thing but then yesterday the competition committee recommended a set of dates for fall championships to be held in the spring now they're saying they're calling it spring and it includes cross country which would be the earliest one yeah but it would be in march and it would be right around the time of the indoor championships um now, this is not the end of the road. They are recommending this now, so this has been a, a bit of a back and forth. Um, but what they 
what they're saying now is that it will go to this D1 council, which meets in in a week. But they're also saying, hey, cross-country and track are a unique situation because there's three championships and it might take even longer to figure it out. So we're going to talk more about this even in into October. So I wouldn't expect a decision by the D1 council meeting on September the 16th. It might come even later. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of now, they are. this committee is recommending March 15th, and this is a, a committee with more say-so, more influence than the committee we reported on in, in your article last week. Yeah, I mean, one takeaway I have, does the NCAA have enough committees? This is more bureaucratic than uh, than <laughs> anything in government. I mean, this is insane. I, it's hard to keep track yeah. of which committees, you know, in just in your article alone, we have the oversight committee mentioned, uh, the executive committee mentioned, and then mm-hmm. we got the D1 council. They're a council yes. that seems to take on a little bit more uh, uh, austere, austerity or what, if you will than than a than a committee um but i i it's it's really tough even i guess being close to the inside knowing some coaches as we do to understand exactly where this is at in relation to becoming a reality i mean it does seem like based on the language it's a little bit closer but i i'm just trying to like peel back the layers a little bit to see like what is the impediment from this actually happening is it coaches not wanting to break you know i don't want to say tradition but you know to, to have a cross country championships in mid march obviously would be a total departure from what we're used to seeing is the actual impediment the pandemic itself the the safety of the student athletes like what is keeping this from happening it, because we know unless something dr- dramatically changes uh, as, as far as the pandemic, indoor track and field is just not going to be a reality this school year because of safety concerns, the way the virus moves indoors. So if you can have a sport outdoors, wh- why why not just do it, right? Is it is it track and field coaches that don't want to see this come at a, as supposedly during tra- track season? Is that the thing that's stopping this? Like what what is it that's keeping this from happening? Because this makes all the sense in the world to me. All right. Well, let me read from the document itself. You want me to do yeah. that? I have access to the document here. And it says, although committee members continue to express some concerns regarding conducting the cross-country and indoor and outdoor track and field championships within such a short time span in the spring semester, they remain supportive of maintaining the option to conduct the cross-country championships in the spring. During committee members' discussions, one of the primary concerns cited was the potential negative impact on training for student-athletes, particularly those who run cross-country and also distance events in track and field. The committee reviewed feedback from the men's and women's track and field and cross-country committee, the student athlete advisory committee, and the coaches association in order to determine how best to provide cross-country only programs and cross-country only student athletes with a meaningful championships experience via the track and field championships. It was clear that cross-country and track and field communities would prefer the committee remain nimble for another few weeks to allow for more discussion about winter and spring sport championships and the ongoing effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. In addition, the logistics for conducting these championships, those three championships, are not as complicated as they are for other sports, which makes a delay more feasible in this case. The committee will continue reviewing the issue during the September video conference and October 5th and 6th quarterly meeting. 
Yeah, I, I prefer that part stood out to me of that of cross country and track not being that complicated. Right. I was like, okay, that's nice. That's, that's nice good to hear. Yeah, because we try to make it complicated a lot. I, that language in there at the top, talking about met, you know, basically messing up training. I mean, that 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 comes off as a bunch of like coach speak for not wanting to to change the status quo. Are you kidding me? I mean, yes, we try to pretend like for distance runners, there's a big difference between running the three k and and running cross country but let me let's be real most of the training is the same right it it is for the most part yes of course specific track workouts are different but mm-hmm. it would our choices would we rather not compete or would we rather compete let's compete mm-hmm. and not worry about what comes after it are we worried about yeah. the olympic trials for some athletes why Who's going to make the Olympic team? Is that is that the concern? Screwing up that training for them to, to race in, in July and August? Because, I mean, no one's going to make the, the Olympic team, at least not for the, the U.S., if that's part of it. Are we worried about future seasons? We don't know when future seasons are going to come. We don't know if, if outdoor track – you assume outdoor track could happen if cross-country can happen. They're both outdoors. But there's going to be more people involved for outdoor track in a closer proximity than they would be in cross-country. So we, we don't really know. Let's just make this thing happen. And not yeah. worry about it. Like, this would be the first, other than college football, obviously, but the first, like, I don't know. I mean, this would be the first competition. This would be the first NCAA championships, separate from whatever is going on in football with all their different FBS, FCS, whatever else is going on. Like, don't, let's not get political and bureaucratic about this and not complicate it and worry about supposedly the, the training. I don't think that's the actual issue at hand. They can make that the language, but th- this should, this should go yeah. forward. And I, I don't want track coaches getting in the way of this. If that's truly what, what kind of emerges as they're, they're worried about, Oh, how's this going to affect later in the spring? Like, come on, come on. The, the athletes are going to want to run. I, I, I would be surprised if they're if the athletes are saying I I don't want this to mess up my 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 Stanford invite fifteen hundred in 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 late March. <laughs> no, that's not the way yeah. they, the athletes want to react. That they, they don't care. They don't care about that. Their track season. They want to have a, ch- a cross country championships. Like let let's get this cleared. Let's put this across the, the the goal line here because I know there's other stuff to come and I, I I'm very pessimistic that this will actually take place. Just knowing the history of of the, you know the way these things snake through the 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 councils and the committees and and they always get killed it seems like but it, it, it there is slight amount of momentum being that it's crossed a, it, it's it's gone through a couple committees um i it, yeah. let's not you know ruin this just off of things that we think might happen after this if this is a reality in the present make it happen yeah I agree. I think that it makes it easier to. They're not going to do, according to the document, they're not going to do regional setup. Yes. And what's interesting is that teams competing this fall, those meets would be factored in. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like they would just do a selection. I'm, I'm pretty sure it would just be a selection process for who would get to run in the in the championship uh, meet. Mm-hmm. So if you ran this fall and you won, if you're one of those conferences that are still competing, you won the conference championship. That would be that would be factored in. Uh, if you're able to compete in January and February, that would also be factored in as as well too. So I'm I'm not I don't have all the specifics on how they would pick the teams, but again, that's something you can figure out later. Yeah, and that's something that's not going to be perfect. But you know what's not perfect? The cold system not perfect. Mm-hmm. 
the, the existing system isn't perfect. So if we can get some sort of championship out uh, of this, it would be a success. You asked me percentages earlier. I would put it now slightly above 50. Wow. And I would be more optimistic. I would be more optimistic even if I wasn't jaded by last week and the months that preceded that. It, w- it would actually be higher because obviously it has the, the support of that executive committee with that overwhelming vote. And then now this the oversight committee is 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 co-signing it as well too. Yeah. Um we'll see. Don't forget TBD, about the right? the super the super max oversight committee. Mm. There no, I don't know. There's so many there's too many committees. It's confusing. Maybe somebody could explain it to me that it's a much simpler than it sounds, but the language I'll use the beat. I think basically the way I understand it right now is it went from the sport level to the whole NCAA right. level. Right, right, right. I, but and now it needs to go to the 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 council, which is um, not just overseeing championships, but o- overseeing everything in regard to to NCAA. That I could be wrong. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail dot com. If I got it wrong, yeah, I'd let love me know. To but that's at least how I, that's how I'm at least thinking about it. But they're basically saying, hey, we can worry about cross country <laughs> a little later. It's not like these other. It's not like these other competitions because, you know, also in this document, we also have – let me pull it up again here. Field hockey, men's soccer, women's soccer, women's volleyball, men's water polo. So field hockey, the original bracket size was 16 going down to 12. Soccer, 48 down to 36. Women's soccer, 64 down to 48. Volleyball, 64 down to 48. Um, men's water polo is down to 6. Like they need to figure out how to qualify. Yeah. Those are a lot. More, they are right. Those are a lot more complicated to figure out than, hey, let's just get 255 athletes on on, on the cross country course and figure it out. Yeah, I'm definitely fascinated to see how a small dual meet in September for the the schools that are allowed to compete this fall, how that is going to be tallied in March when they're trying to figure out a field. But yeah, let's worry about that when we when we arrive at there. I can't wait for the if it gets that far for the controversy of how these fields are going to be selected. Um, but but here's what you do: if yeah. you're a really good team, if you're a really good team, you wa- you can run one meet in even in February or whenever the 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 a little bit before the deadline, and run your best runners and blow everybody out. Yeah, and then and then the committee will put you on the on the start line. One would think like. Treat it like a regular sport. Go out, earn your spot, and then you get on. Is it going to be a mess? Probably from fifteen oh, to yeah. thirty-one. Yeah. If if that's how how they decide to break the teams down, sure, maybe. But as we've talked about over and over again, we know who the best teams are. We know who they're going to be. Mm-hmm. They're going to prove themselves to be the best teams. This is not perfect. Something someone's going to get the short end of the stick. But that's that's the situation that we're in right now. This is going to be death for for mid majors. I'm really worried about the mid majors. That's my focus right now. I'm, I'm uh, you feel bad for? No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, let's get this. To, let's let's just don't overthink it. Who, whatever committee. That's that's all I'm asking. Uh, if if everybody else is going to compete in the fall, they've figured out the, the field sizes. I mean, you you mentioned the 255, so that's the that's the typical field size. We got that we got that part figured right, out. We don't right. know exactly how we're going to select a field, but. 
I don't know. It, I mean, you could run the Coloss system, I guess, and just start it now, I suppose, and you know, it's, do it the same the same way we do it. Pick up wins if it's there, and then fill the rest in, you know, freestyle. Guess you don't even have to show your work. This is like this is like math class where the teacher says, you know what, you don't need to even show your work. Just get the right answer, and that's great. That was my favorite part. You know, we just slide in. We say uh, Washington made it, and then they'll be like, what's the reason? I don't know, because they have the pals as their coaches. They're in the meet, and, and it's just like, we're just going to deal with it because we haven't had anything yeah. since last cross-country season. We're going to go a year and plus change without any championships. If March rolls around and they and the green light's given, we're just going to, you know, people people that have been there, done that, they're going to be in the meet, and no one cool. can complain too much because we're going to be excited to see BYU and, and, and NAU. They're going to they're gonna have run something, either in the fall or something in the winter. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're just going to start with a NCAA championships. That would be that would be strange. And if they did, if they did do that, you'd say, okay, guys, you can have it two ways. Either we're just going to invite these 10 teams because we think these 10 teams are good, or we're going to invite 31, but there's no complaining. Mm-hmm. We're going to get some of them wrong, we know. <laughs> or, or we'll just do NAU and BYU on the men's side and NC State and Stanford on the women's <laughs> side unless everybody agrees not to complain. Yeah. And if people agree not you to complain, to then we'll fill it all the way. Yeah. You you have to sign a waiver. My favorite uh, resistance to the, just the the news last week the, about the winter cross country season was that it was going to be too cold. Uh, that was <laughs> that was hilarious. I mean, yeah, it's cold. But have you ever been to Terre Haute in November? Like, of course, yeah. it can get colder. But like, that was my favorite thing. Well, we can't do this. It's just too cold. I mean, come on. Like, I don't think that any of their <laughs> our our famous committees are are thinking that way. But it was it was funny to see the just the reaction. There's always people that are just going to poo-poo anything. It's it's just, I don't know how you exist in that way. Um, I'm, I'm a pessimistic guy a, a lot of times, but I'm never like, huh, that, that can't work. It's going to be, look at the temperatures. They're going to have to wear two gloves <laughs> instead of one. Like, come on. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Okay, that's thinking that operates in a pre-2020 mindset yeah. of let's get the best. And I think now we need to shift from let's not worry about the best possible situation but what's an achievable situation and if it means people running in a little bit colder weather take precautions wear an extra set of gloves yeah i think i think i think all the athletes can can handle it so we can as fans who aren't actually running uh i think we can handle it as well i just have questions about where where are they going to host this thing but that that and and how are the seasons going to look but i guess we need to clear a couple more hurdles before we can start really definitively trying to answer those those questions let's uh Let's hope the Division One Council is uh, excited about, as excited about cross country as we are. Yeah, I think what would need to happen. So the Division One Council would obviously need to approve those other fall sport to spring championships. That would be a big help for cross country, but that wouldn't necessarily guarantee cross country because they're saying cross country is a separate entity. But then there'd at least be the situation of like, hey, look, you gave these fall athletes in other sports an opportunity to move their championships. You got to do it with cross country. The, the difference is, as you pointed out, there's people within the sport who don't want it moved. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody within soccer who's like, you know what? Nope, not doing not doing spring. We don't want to do spring because they only have one season. Mm-hmm. They don't have indoor soccer and then outdoor soccer. Right. They just have soccer. Mm-hmm. There's no water polo in a pool and water polo out of a pool. Also season. known as polo. It's, but yeah, go ahead. Polo. Yeah. But that involves horses, yeah. which would be difficult to do right now. So – there's a internal resistance to this that does right. not exist in other sports. But if the people within the sport, track and cross country, not even get on the same page, but if they if they continue to have a majority that wants it, 
and then water polo and volleyball and field hockey and soccer decide to move to the spring, then they can say, hey, you move these sports. Our sport wants to move as well too. Can we have a championship? And then we're in business. Mm-hmm. Yes. I uh, I look forward to seeing how this is gonna this is gonna turn out. I'm not I'm not booking any travel for the winter yet. I, I don't have uh, a hotel in January set up for Madison, Wisconsin just yet. But possibly, possibly we'll we'll be there. But yes, track the 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 I, I continue as my as my primary suspects. If this was a true crime podcast, I I'm watching out for and wanting to know the whereabouts of some of the top track coaches in uh, in the country. The coaches that make their make their money off of how they compete on the oval. I, I'm watching to see their their activity. Their I'm monitoring their email. I'm wiretapping that. No, I'm just kidding. But you know. <laughs> Because I think they have interest to not have this 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 season, so uh, it'll be. Yeah, you're right. That's the biggest thing to point out is, well, why could this? What would possibly stop this from happening if it's safe? If they can do it, well, it's it's outside factors. Knowing that that we're really we're trying to convent, condense three sports into one, uh, and and when that sport is cross country and that in, excludes a lot of the the athletes. Um, obviously the field athletes and sprinters and whatnot, then, then you have to watch out for, uh, changes to be made. I just don't think anybody can say with any confidence how this would impact a track championship right now. Mm. Cause there's no guarantee who's going to run what, who's going to be that sharp, whose point totals this inflates or takes away from like, yeah. th- there's just all sorts of. Um, way, different directions this could go, and unless they've been staffing a war room for the last three months, gaming out all these possible scenarios, which only person I know who's done that is not employed by an NCAA team. He's employed by our company, <laughs> FlowTrack, and it's Gordon Mack. Like, there's nobody out there. It's like, so NAU doesn't run four guys. That leaves an extra point available in the 5K in outdoors, and FSU gets a point here. Which brings them closer to LSU. Like we don't know. Mm-hmm. You just you have no you have no idea. Right. So, um, if they're against it for competitive reasons, I, I wonder how much they've really looked at all the possible implications of it. Mm-hmm. Not not even to say you talked about indoor not being a guarantee, which is obviously true. If there is no indoor, then what's the harm in in this at all? Yeah, I would agree. If it, 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 if indoor they decide is not feasible, then what's the what's the damage here? Yeah, I mean it it would make the the distance runners a little more tired going into outdoor, but they usually run indoor anyway, where some of them are doubling and tripling in NCAA's. Yeah, I wouldn't. That's let's. I, I that's why I think that language is a little bit of I don't I don't know. It's it's not it's it's disingenuous at at at, mm-hmm. at best, slightly disingenuous and completely uh i don't know a complete uh fool's gold or complete uh it's it's i don't think it's what's actually meant by it i think there's gonna be people trying to prevent it for just old stodgy reasons um and Mm -hmm. and just let's let's be adaptable let's be nimble as it as it asks us to be and uh and uh i don't know i look forward to seeing where this the story goes i'm glad it got it it got got a lifeline yesterday Mm mm-hmm We'll continue to follow it here. You can email the show, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Gordon and I will be back tomorrow. 
to talk about everything that's going on in the running world. Thank you, Lincoln, for co-hosting. We will see you guys next time.